Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined by our today third co-host, Holly Kramer. I see Chris is gone today, so this should be a fun podcast. Always exciting to have you on, Holly. Welcome welcome to uh, your co-hosting duties, or or as Chris has it in your uh, thing, uh, your performance evaluation, other duties as assigned. Other duties as assigned, yes. yes I, got, I got tagged in today and I'm excited. We have a, a cool topic today and um, one that affects a lot of the department. It does, and, and the topic is going to be comms. We, you know, we've tried to keep everybody up to date on where comms has been, you know, where comms is going in the next, in the next year or so. And we have a wonderful friend of the pod on today, Jeff Anderson, um, who's been on before. Yep. And you came on before to talk about the kickoff of comms, really. It was, it was what comms is, That's what, right. what, the, what yes. the plan was. So we've got through a little bit of that, right? And now you're back on to kind of share what we've done so far and where we're looking to go in 2020, right? That's right. Yeah. And Jeff, you are the administrator um, in the Office of Research and Planning, right? Correct. And you've uh, you've been in the DOC for for a little while now, haven't you? Uh, yeah, a long time. <laughs> you don't want to say how long you've been here for? Eighty-seven. Uh, okay, so you've been here for quite a quite a while. Quite a long time. So why why don't we take a look back at comms and see what we've done so far? So what we've done so far with comms is uh, initially we looked at a couple specific groups. We looked at the food service group. We looked at the healthcare group. Those were the immediate pushes that we were doing. Uh, both of those were contract uh, oriented. We needed to. Uh, achieve a replacement for some systems that were already in place. Uh, and those were all contractually targeted dates that were driving us for that. Uh, so the food service module went uh, in live October of 2019, and it's doing really well at this point. Uh, the healthcare module has just finished going live. That was just January 14th, so just recently. Uh, we've still got a couple little details that we're wrapping up on that. Uh, historical documents for the you know, the encounters that existed in uh, NextGen. There was something like 50 million of those documents that had to be moved over, and we're in the process of doing that now. Uh, that should finish up over this next week, and that'll get us to the point where comms becomes the official record for our health care uh, for all the offenders in the system. Uh, so we'll be moving forward with that, and things look pretty good. Okay, so let's let's talk about health care, because that was just recently done. Sure. Um, looks like a couple weeks ago, I guess, at this point. Yeah. And, we, you know, we had on Marty Kay and Liz Solomon um, on that podcast to talk about the healthcare rollout, which hadn't quite, um, we hadn't quite done it yet. We were getting there. Right, yeah. It was um, a precursor, yeah. yeah. And it was great. It was fun to have them on to talk about that. But let's talk about the rollout. How, how has it went so far? Well, the rollout was, uh, was actually really good. Uh, there were very little detail, little problems that we had to deal with. Uh, we did run into one issue with some of the dental documents, but that's being uh, remediated and rectified, so we're in good shape there. And like I said, we should have all of the historical documents in place probably by the end of this week. Uh, oh. So at that point, uh, hopefully we can get to the point where our users are starting to rely more on comms than they are in next gen. I mean, change is always going to happen and change is always going to be difficult for people because now we're changing how their jobs take place. So that's going to be a little different and people are, you know, have a little bit of different ways to do things. And we recognize that's going to be frustrating. So we tried to make the training as uh, useful to people as possible to make sure that they understood what, how they were going to do their new things, what those new things look like. Uh, and the healthcare staff did a fantastic job getting all the training in place. They ended up training something like 1,600 people. 
Wow. Uh, and they, they managed to rush it uh, just a little after Thanksgiving, I think it was, until the first of the year. So that was just a, a tremendous effort to run through that and get all that taken care of. So at this point, we've got a good uh, 2,000 people using comms, uh, 300 food service users, another 16, 1,700 healthcare workers. So comms is uh, up and running and, and live. Well, that's it's really good. good. And, and the healthcare staff right now are using NextGen and comms, yes. right? Yeah, they're, they're in a little bit of a mixed transition at this point. NextGen has been shut down from read-only or from read-write to read-only. Okay. So you can still look up documents in NextGen. Uh, that'll last until the end of March. Uh, that's when our license expires for, with NextGen, and we will have to shut down NextGen at that point. Uh, but the idea was to have enough of a transition time so people can get familiar with where do they do the things that they used to do in NextGen, but now do them in comms. Well, it seems like it wasn't that long ago that we had Marty Kay and Liz on to talk about the upcoming healthcare rollout, but now we're already at the end of January. So uh, what can you tell us about what's ahead for comms? Well, we've got a number of things that are ahead for comms. Uh, food service, we didn't roll out the meal tracking portion of food service. So we're still using the old mo- uh, meal tracking application that we've been doing. Uh, that will be uh, coming in this uh, this fall, basically, that we'll be dealing with that. What will happen there is we'll have to go through a bunch of training for the uh, corrections officers to make sure that the new application is uh, usable and they understand what they're doing with it. Uh, beyond that, we've got trust coming. Uh, that'll also be a little uh, this fall also. Uh, that has to take place before September when we get into the blackout period for uh, the banking folks uh, and trust folks. So we'll have to get that in place. Uh, that's going to be uh, a pretty intensive project. Uh, We have to deal with the training for that. There's not a lot of trust staff, but we do have to deal with uh, making sure that the users are uh, ready for it. Uh, So we've got quite a bit of training to do there. Uh, Like I said, we've got meal tracking and that's quite a bit of training that has to take place. And then we've got uh, field operations and parole board that we've just finished uh, wrapping up uh, for field operations, the design document at this point. So now the customizations can start taking place. And for parole board, they're getting close to finishing their design document so that the customizations can take place. But now we've got a bunch of work that has to take place uh, in preparation for the testing. So all those customizations, uh, ATG, our vendor, will go off and do those customizations. They come back with a new version of the software. And we have to test all those customizations, make sure they do everything that we expected them to do. The field operations design document was over 400 pages. Uh, so if you think about uh, testing all those pages and all the details on all those pages, you've got quite a bit of tests that have to take place to make sure everything's doing what it's, not, what it's expected. The uh, pro board document is probably 150 pages, so it'll have quite a bit of testing that has to take place too. Well, this is a, a huge and important project, and a lot of work has gone into it so far, and there's more ahead. So huge kudos to all the staff that are involved in in training and planning and implementation for comms. There's been some really great work going on. Uh, are there other ways that um, staff are going to be staying engaged and informed as uh, comms moves forward in the next module rollout? Yeah, um, one of the things that we're, uh, we've learned through, uh, we did a survey uh, uh, back in September, if I remember correctly, uh, and one of the things we learned from that survey when we uh, surveyed the staff is we hadn't really gotten enough communication out to the field, uh, field staff uh, or the pro board staff. They're still uh, in the process of learning what we're doing. Um, we've had a number of subject matter experts involved in the process, so there's a, a good groundswell of folks that know what's going on, but but generally speaking, the, everybody doesn't have a good idea of what this comms mean to me. Uh, and then the facility staff, we still have more to do with them, too, down the road. So we'll be doing 
probably more podcasts, uh, but definitely there'll be some correction connection uh, documents that, that we'll pull together. Uh, when we were working with uh, the facilities for food service and healthcare, we were providing some information for uh, a facility newsletter. Uh, so we'll continue a lot of those methods. Uh, we also have change champions that we're working with for trust and for uh, food service so that uh, they can help uh, get the message out, basically, and, and provide some on-site expertise, that, at least a little bit of uh, question and answer, and provide a, a conduit for the, some of those questions to get back to the project team. Well, it sounds like we have multiple channels that we're getting information yeah, out good. to people, which is good. always a, a good thing. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of staff here. And it's, this is a big change. You know, the more information we can get out to our staff, the better. I, you know, this is uh, change is never easy, and this is uh, quite quite the quite the change for the whole department. It's not just one area. Right. Um, it's for the whole department. So yeah, I can I can understand just the amount of information to get out to our staff is, can be difficult. I'm sure. Oh yeah, and and the the great thing about comms is that it actually fits into the strategic plan because there's a couple items in there that talk about collaboration throughout the department, and actually we're implementing one of our first steps of collaboration with. Comms at this point. The healthcare folks are dealing with diets for the offenders, right. and the food service folks have to deal with actually producing the meals for those diets. Uh, in the past, that was all a manual process. This is now going to be um, kind of a live process that's built into comms to provide both the medical staff the ability to create a diet for an offender, and then the uh, healthcare staff, or I'm sorry, the food service staff to be able to use that information to say right. that this is the, the meal that this uh, offender needs. You did mention the change champions again. I know we've mm -hmm. had a podcast about that, but if you could just remind staff kind of what their roles are as a change champion and, and how, to, how to look out for those people. Like I said, the change champions are kind of a communication network. They're a communication channel. We do have uh, some readiness calls and some change champion calls that we provide uh, more details of what's happening with the project, where we are, kind of an update. And that information goes to the change champions and there's and, the, and then they spread the spread That's the right. Okay. That's right. Uh, uh, and then we also uh, have done in the past, we've done some posters as uh, to try and get information out. Uh, there's also been in some uh, television monitors, you know, in the uh, as you're walking into the facility, we've got some monitors up. Um, so we've got some information there that we we feed into that process too. Um, so the change network is uh, our mechanism to. It's not just uh, information coming from the project team going out. It's supposed to be able to bring questions back too. Okay. Yeah. There, I mean, there is a there is a plan in place to try to get information out to staff because we again we, we know it's important and the more information that can get out and then like you said, questions get back. Mm -hmm the better. So let's talk about CFA real quick. I know that's that's the largest part of our department. It is. They are at the tail end of the comms rollout, right? Right. Can you talk about their rollout and how, how they're going to be impacted? Well, at this point, their rollout is scheduled for down into 2021. Uh, so we've got some time. Uh, there's actually two phases to it. There's a part one or part A and part B. Uh, the second piece will be somewhere in 2022. Uh, the, the idea is that we're uh, eventually going to replace all of the Omni functions that we have all of the OMS functions that we have, we've just finished replacing all the next-gen functions that we've got. We'll also replace things like visitor tracking, uh, security threat groups. All of those kinds of applications will be replaced as we move uh, CFA into comms. Okay, and you know I won't let you out of here because I'm, I'm, an, I'm an FOA guy, Jeff, you know. So ProBoard and FOA are going to roll out at the same time. Yes. Okay, now right now we have two separate systems. We have PIBIS 
yep. the parole board information system, you know, and right. then we have Omni right. um, for field agents. Are those two going to be one system now, or is it still going to be still two separate systems for the parole board and FOA? So comms is going to replace all of it, and and what it'll replace is, so actually there's OMS that's involved with the parole right. board that's too. True. Yeah, right. So we've the parole board has to work in three systems, right. basically. Right. And once it's all replaced, it will all be comms. The transition's going to be a little weird. Um, and it's going to take time to work our way through it. And it'll it'll be interesting how that works. There probably will be some jobs that have to work for a period of time out of both Omni, OMS, and PIBIS. But not dual. It won't be dual not, entry. Right. It won't be dual One entry. The but they will probably have to look in potentially both places. And comms may fit into that puzzle. Um, we really haven't defined the lines on where we're thinking of kind of, we think of it as kind of surgery or heart transplant, basically, yeah. where we're uh, drawing a line and we're going to put some functionality into comms and some functionality will reside in Omni and we'll be working our way through it. Trust is going to give us our first example of doing that. There's a couple pieces in that the banking application from uh, ATG doesn't cover that we will have to handle uh, by using the old system. And then there are others that we will have to use the new system for. So finding those lines and where those uh, divisions are is is a struggle. I, I know these questions will come up and I know during the transition, it'll be a little different than the final end product. You know, during, during that transition phase, there's going to be, you know, some some going into multiple systems, not not duplicate of entry twice, but right, no. more more just looking and, and be able to see different things. So right. and, um, and we are planning the training to allow us to determine for these these roles and in, in the positions so that they know how they're supposed to be doing their job now that we're in a transition. Right. Well, that's, that's good information. You know, Jeff, I'm excited about the comms project. I, I you know, we're, we're modernizing our, our systems. We're, we're getting better. We should be more efficient. And I, yeah. I think we're seeing some of that stuff in the rollout that we've done so far with food, food service and, and healthcare. And I know this is a lot of work for a lot of, a lot of people. Now, I mean, I know you are <laughs> heavily involved in this, but I know there's a lot of staff out there in FOA and CFA and BOA that are You're doing, right. that are doing this um, in addition to their jobs. You know, they're subject matter, matter experts. Yeah. We've and, touched uh, uh, over 500 probably by now uh, across the department in various areas as we've uh, right. worked with people trying to get to the point where we're ready to roll something out. And their job didn't stop. Their job right? didn't stop. No. Yeah. They're still, they still have their, they still have their day job while they're, right. while they're working on this. Now but, we have dedicated stuff, some people directly to the project. Right. So that, that is taking place. So. But this is a, this is a very important project. And you know, we, we can't thank those staff enough really for stepping up and trying to get this right. It's not just you in here making all these oh, decisions. Yeah, you no. have, you have a lot of staff who are experts in these areas, yep. agents, CFA, BOA, clerical staff that are really honing in on a process and trying to make it the best it really can be. So yeah, um, and, and we need it to be the best it can be because, you know, look at our history. You know, a system like comms will probably be with the department for many, a good years. 20 years, yeah. if not more. For sure. So, so. Um, I say all that to say thank you to them for, Definitely. you know, for really stepping up and, and trying to get this right. And, and that, that will last, like you said, 20 years down the road. For when they're retired and gone, they, their, their legacy will still have an impact on the staff here. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and, and Jeff, thank you so much. I know this is a huge, huge project. You're doing a great job, and we can't we can't thank you enough. No, I appreciate um, it. Thanks. And thanks for coming on Field Days and kind of talking about it. We appreciate it. Not a problem. Thank you very much. Well, Chris, how do you think that, that podcast went? It was actually, I don't, I don't want to say nice not having you on the podcast this week, but uh, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I'll just say that. I'm, I'm sure. I enjoyed not being on uh, with you, but I'm glad that you had Holly there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad that I'm sure, I'm sure once I listen to it, I will be riveted by the uh, 
the conversation that was had. That's right. We, we, we had a, another comms discussion, kind of, you know, where, where we're at with healthcare and then moving forward in 2020. Uh, Jeff did a great job explaining to everyone kind of where we're at and where we're going in the next year. So I'm uh, looking forward to it. And hopefully everybody else is, you know, is getting some information out of these, kind of gauge where we're at with comms and what's happened and what's going to happen. So um, hopefully you learned a little bit today, Chris, even though you weren't on the podcast. I always learn something when you're talking, Greg. Speaking of uh, big things that are happening across the state, tomorrow is a big day for the state of Michigan and uh, the governor of this wonderful state. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, State of the State, so uh, we'll be there with uh, the director tomorrow night, and uh, we'll be waiting to hear, you know, what the governor has to say and what direction she envisions for the state, and whether or not, uh, you know, MDOC has any any mention in that. And then, uh, you know, a week or so after that, we'll be waiting to see, uh, you know, the budget come out. So there's a lot, a lot of big stuff happening, and it's very exciting. A lot of yeah. pop and circumstance tomorrow, and be able to report back to you uh, next week on, on how that went. Yeah, and this weekend's another big day. Not not really corrections related, but uh, United States related is uh, it's Super Bowl weekend. You got you got your uh, you got your big bets in for the for the game. Who you, it's who, not who you legal got? yet, Greg. So no, I I, well, I, I say that it. like figuratively. You know, you, who, who you got? Uh, who you got winning the game? I think I'm going to go with the Niners. Really? They're in, they're in it, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, it is the the San Francisco 49ers, Chris, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City hasn't been to Super Bowl in like you know 50, what? I, 50 I, some I, years. I take that back. I can't. I can't actually pick. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hope for a really great game. Okay. And hopefully, I hope they both play well because each of those teams has a member of the CMU football team oh, on their team. Moving on. Oh, the uh, Niners have one of their assistant coaches is also. So maybe I got to lean more towards the Niners because they have a player and a coach. Well, from not Central. knowing much about football, you sure do know a lot about coaches in Central Michigan. I can tell you that, man. <laughs> so it's a, here's a save the date for you, Chris. May uh, May fifth is Cinco de Mayo. It is, and you know what day Cinco de Mayo is on this year? May fifth, Tuesday, and that is also the MDOC is Employee Appreciation Banquet, which will be held down here in Lansing. So make sure you mark your calendars for that. Um, I know lots of staff will receive a lot of awards that night and be recognized for. Um, some really awesome stuff that they do. You know, you have the Corrections Officer of the Year Award, you have the Candace Dunn Parole Probation Agent of the Year Award, um, along with a lot of Professional Excellence Awards. And then finally, the biggest one of the whole night is... Director's Award. Director's Award winner, yes. So it's it's a fun night. If you can make it to Lansing, it's at the Lansing Center, um, right downtown Lansing. And uh, it's a really, really cool night to recognize some uh, some really great staff that we have. So what else you got, Chris? I think uh, a couple more things. I think we probably should get out of here and end this podcast right yeah so but by the time you listen to this you should hopefully have the newest edition of corrections connection which uh, holly kramer in our office who you heard from just a little bit ago puts together uh, every month and i just want to highlight and you know i think a lot of people do read the newsletter and i hope that they do uh, but i want to make sh- draw your attention to a couple things there's a really great story about uh partnership with Hope Network on the west side of the state, where transportation is always an issue with prolies and FOA uh, staff who are listening to this know that, especially when you're in the out counties, and even in Wayne, Oklahoma, Macomb, there's not really a, there's not a mass transit system that can help people get, get around that that's very, you know, reliable like you have in a lot of big, big cities. Um, but in, in the outer counties, it can be even more difficult if you're just fresh out of prison, you start a job, you don't have a, you can't afford a car, you don't have a way to get to work. So Hope Network has been providing uh, transportation to your, to your job. So you can either go to the, your parole office and they'll pick you up there and take you to your work and, and bring you back. Or some companies will even pay for a uh, curb to curb and you, they'll pick you up at your house and take you to work and pick you up and bring back. So it's just a great way. Another, another thing that we're working with uh, a really great agency on to provide the service so that we can have more prolies uh, and probationers employed and working and, and, and recognizing. It's it's great that we're recognizing what the needs are that are the populations that we serve the, are. The barriers, yeah. And their barriers yeah. and working and trying to find ways to break those down. So yeah, that's Hope really Network great. Is, is doing an awesome job with that. I think there's some cost sharing with the, with the employer who's Yeah, the employer pays you know, the, the large percentage. Instead of pubs it. where you can where you can um, get these rides. It's not it's not like a it's not like a, um, a public transportation. They, it's no. Hope Network 
can set this all up. So it's it's a really great thing that they've been doing. It's it's very inexpensive for our um, for our population to to get around and get to work. So it's huge, yeah, huge kudos to everybody who's worked on this. It's been a, this is a game changer. Yep. And then everybody obviously has already seen this in their email, and we've we've talked about it a little bit. But uh, in the newsletter as well, there's also a story on SAI uh, being consolidated and moving back to its parent facility at Cooper Street, so people can learn a little bit more about that. That's expected to be fully transitioned on March 7th. So we're going to continue the program that's worked well over the years. Um, we're just going to be moving it uh, into inside of Cooper Street. Uh, so the program will continue. Thankfully, a lot of the employees that work there actually live in the Jackson area, so it's going to lessen their commute. We're going to keep the program. We're going to have we're going to be able to fill vacancies. There's going to be staff that we that are going to be there that can fill in vacancies at Cooper Street and in other facilities around the area. And so it's going to be a win-win-win for everyone, and it's going to save the state about $10 million when we do this full transition. So we get to keep the program. We have we're going to have less vacancies, and we're going to you know have a, a good savings for the state. So hey, hey Chris, what, if, if staff do have questions about this, is there someone they can they can reach out to to kind of get a central hub where they can ask questions to? Yeah, absolutely. Just like we did with with other um, consolidations or closures. And again, and again, this isn't a closure; it's a, just a consolidation of the program. But yeah, they can email. Obviously, they can always go through their chain of command when they have questions. But if they have a particular question about themselves and and what what they can do or where they can bump and how that all works for them, they can email ask mdoc ask mdoc at michigan.gov. Those uh, emails come into our office here, and then we will get them to the right person, whether it's HR or wherever they need to go, and then we'll get you an answer back. So we're really happy to do that. Uh, there's also a really great story in the newsletter, and we're hoping to have this become a future episode of the podcast. But there is an agent in Genesee County Probation who was on uh, a show called Encore. Now, Greg, your kid's a little bit old, so maybe they you don't you haven't subscribed to Disney Plus like I, I have. Well, I get a free subscription with, with, with Verizon, but I haven't I have not checked it out. Though. Well, you got to go check yeah. it out. I, I watched the episode. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, it's a show where they they bring back uh, high school productions of plays and in this case it was 20 years ago uh that the it was a 1992 production of the sound of music at flint central high school and one of our probation agents was a member of that cast and so they bring all of the people who were did did the, did the musical 20 or some years ago what a cool concept and then they yeah. and then they in a matter of like a week they have them run all their they lines, it learn a line, and then they perform it in front of their family and the community. Uh, and in most cases, they do it at their high school. But for whatever reason, we can get into this with the agent. Um, they couldn't actually do it at Flint Central High School, and so they did it at another school. But it was still great, and you it, just to watch, you know, the unease of like seeing people that you went to high school with. Maybe you were dating them, maybe you were friends, weren't weren't friends or whatever. Yeah. And then all those emotions and it's all like that a comes class back. reunion. Yeah. yeah, and then you come back, and then you put on this really great uh, show, and and so maybe maybe some of his uh, fellow employees didn't know that he could sing and that, that he could act and uh and probably a real way to kind of i don't know it was just i think it was really just a cool thing to do and to putting there putting yourself out there and uh it was really no, uh, that, that is that is very very um so hopefully we can uh, we can unique. learn uh, yeah i think it'd be really great to have have him on there and and well i don't think he knows this yet though so maybe this is the first time he's hearing like you want him to have him on the podcast so hopefully you're not making him nervous right now i'm sure right. he, you know, i'm he, saying a, it's gonna be great he's a performer so he's, clearly, he's a performer i don't, I don't he think can, he's gonna be nervous if he, can, if he can be on disney plus he can be on uh, field days i think he can uh, handle <laughs> that's it. a great point thank you he can handle it just just fine uh obviously we've got some uh, special olympics polar plunges coming up now, there's just been a ton of retirees uh, and, and new job placements around the department, so make sure you open up the newsletter and learn all about that. And then uh, you also see, uh, like we, every month, we have a ton of awards that the, the director has given out, including a bunch that she gave out at one of her town halls mm-hmm. uh, that she's been doing around the state. Uh, so we're gonna, when we have more of those, we're going to make sure we announce those so people know when they are. But you know, the director, the deputy directors have been going out to uh, different areas of the state where we have facilities and inviting the field offices and their staff to come in and just have an open dialogue and discussion 
discussion. People can ask whatever they want. We can the director can give an update on what's going on in the department, st- you know, statewide. But then it's just a chance for employees to be able to talk with the director and the deputies and ask them uh, questions. And it's been really great to have and for for, for them to do that. And we're excited to, to have more happen in 2020. I think that's enough, Chris. I think uh, we should probably wrap this episode up. In, in the coming year, we have some um, hopefully some cool ideas for the podcast as far as yes, looking at some historic some historic things that have happened um, 50, 60, 70 years with, with corrections and um, kind of some big events. So hopefully that, that'll um, pan out. Hopefully, hopefully you can make that happen, Chris, because I'm just going to uh, stay here have, until it I can tell you that I'm very excited. I'm more excited than I've been in quite a long time about some of the stuff that we've been cooking up yeah. that are going to be happening in the next probably like, I don't know, between April, June-ish, you guys are going to see some really cool episodes yeah, uh, ho- looking back everybody at history. enjoys because it's, it's some, there's some pretty cool ideas. So uh, make sure you stay tuned to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.